Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. We are so excited to continue this conversation around leading, but using what are generally called soft skills, but they're actually the stabilizing skills. And this evening, we are talking about soaring. How do you actually begin the process and maintain the process of soaring even when you are looking around and others are receiving um, accolades, opportunities that you feel like it's my time. Why haven't I gotten that yet? But even in that moment, in those seasons, there's an opportunity for you to tap into an emotional grounding to recognize and remember what's for you is for you. And I'm excited about our guest. If you've been following me on social media, you know that I've been excited to share my sister friend with our Flipside community. So let me introduce her to you. Katina Christmas Robertson is a global trainer, speaker, and leadership development consultant who delivers workshops, keynotes, and coaching in a wide variety of ways to various audiences. She's also the executive pastor of Forward Impact Life Ministries film, where her husband and best friend, Reverend C. Eric Robertson Jr. is the senior pastor. Film began in 2016 as a coffee house style Bible study in Coatesville, PA, which expanded to full ministry in 2018. Eric and Katina are proud parents of triplets, y'all, triplets, Kayla, Ava, and Charles III, Trey, who were born January of 2010. And like those triplets, Katina also is a PK. And for those of you who don't know that phrase, it is pastor's kid, which definitely shaped her future. As a PK, Katina started speaking publicly at age five and was teaching Sunday school by 13. Seeing ministry behind the scenes, she has also developed a knack for implementing process and building leaders throughout her life. She faced challenges of racism, sexism, which deepened her relationship with God and her dependence in recognizing her relationship with him. And it ignited her passion for the empowerment of young people and women everywhere. She is committed to helping equip people for success in life through coaching, training, and mentoring. She is a certified life coach certified Maxwell Leadership and Development Consultant, and is currently pursuing her MBA from Drexel University. And today, I'm excited to talk about her current project, which is her first book. It's time to 
or the second edition. So join me in welcoming our, uh, my girlfriend, my sister friend, to the flip side conversation. Welcome to the flip side, Katina Christmas Robertson. Oh, it is so good to be here. <laughs> I'm so honored to be here. I love the flip side. How are you going to find a flip out of adversity? Mm. And and that's what our God does. So I, mm -hmm. I appreciate the work you do. And I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to chat. You know, I want to jump right in because I'm curious, especially with the timing of the release of your book. Mm. Tell us why we're even in entertaining a conversation around soaring? It's important that you, you do what it is that God put in your heart and in your life. And the myth is that I'm good. And um, a lot of times people, you see emptiness. It's time out for working 60 years at a company for a watch mm -hmm. that breaks mm -hmm. or a watch if it doesn't break it, you, God put so much in us and I'm looking in the eyes of people that are going to a job, not doing what God passioned them to do and not being fulfilled. And I, something inside me is like, wait, you can be free. Mm -hmm. You can be free. And I want to just break the chains and like, like shine a mirror on people and say, hey, do you know how great you are? So right now is a time for people to know that there's so much more. There's a powerful season that people are in right now. And I think there's an opportunity for not only those who aspire to leave the job and walk in boldness of recognizing there's still more for you to offer, but also I've been speaking with leaders who are committed to the job they're in, but they're feeling tired and honestly contemplating quick quitting and I feel like our conversation today will serve both of those camps because I've heard you speak so passionately around the desire the ability the gifting and the favor to not just settle but actually soar and so what, where in your story do you feel soaring became your, your trademark? It was when I had an eye-opening experience on the, on the floor of a trade show. Um, and trade shows, for those who don't know, it's where you're telling everybody what you do and you're vending, you're inviting customers over. And I was there with folks that were the sales folks. And I was backing down and letting them take the lead because they're taking the lead and they're selling what I do. Mm -hmm. And then I was listening and a light shine. Why am I not the voice telling people what I do, selling what I do? And the more I stop separating what I do daily, what's in me, from the job and the title, the passion came out and I became known as the closer. I became known as the one that there's a there's a, a scene in, in Will Smith's um, Independence Day where he's dragging this this dead alien through the desert. And so they called me like the closer and they're like, 
when she shows up, she's dragging, she's dragging customers back to mm-hmm. this, to the building. Mm-hmm. She, she is not going to leave without people being ignited. And I realized I was stepping back because a title made it seem like I didn't have the right to talk about what I did. And then I found errors. I'm like, you're not as passionate about what I do as I am. So I began to open my mouth and I'm telling you an inferno lit on the inside of me and walls came down. The skill and will of finding your voice, Mm. I think is something that many people, especially in such a divided and scary and uncertain and unstable season that we're in, mm-hmm. in not needing to step on somebody else's neck in order for you to feel stable, but also recognizing you belong at the table and you can actually include others, but not dim your light. It's, it's the opportunity for there to be unity, connection, but you also begin to realize, I do have something to add, and it's not about a title. Absolutely. And I don't drive a stick shift, but I've watched people mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like this delicate balance between, I guess, the clutch and the gas. And if you do it wrong, you spin out, you burn out the clutch. Mm-hmm. And so there's that part of you that can see things. And when when God places something on the inside of you, you can watch it be done poorly and it will stir you up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I could have done that. Mm-hmm. And that's great if you allow that to ignite you and find your voice. Mm-hmm. But there's a flip side to that mm-hmm. where you become critical and you see it being done and you know or you feel like you can be you can do it better. And you immediately begin to criticize. You immediately begin to pull it apart. And instead of it uh, lifting you up, you are tearing them down, even if you don't say it. And inside, there's a negative energy. There's a churn that starts to happen. And so, uh, to me, people find their voice in a positive way or they can find it in a negative way and realize, Mm -hmm. I have something to bring to the table. Now, you can knock down the door and say, I belong at the table, or you can arrive to the realization that you belong to the table and then you come in and you sit gracefully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you take command of that atmosphere. And it, it's just two different ways to do it. And one of those ways you never really get to the table and you're liked, you just slam yourself down because you feel like you deserve it. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that, that stick shift, that, that clutch and gas, to me, that was a struggle for mm-hmm. me. I waited mm-hmm. so long that I watched it happen. And instead of me being inspired, I was so used to being told that my title didn't earn me a voice or earn me a vote. I started to become critical. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Both of those are contagions within organizations, within businesses, within congregations, within groups, sisterhood. It, the, both of those can be contagions. Oh and I think it's an opportunity for us to begin to internally explore which one is it and what element am I, is this actually more about me than it is the other person? In the description and setting up for today, we, you provided an opportunity for us to think about and challenge 
those moments where I'm watching somebody else receive the accolades, have the opportunities that I feel it should be my turn Mm -hmm. and it's not happening and it becomes toxic. So what are some strategies or approaches from your perspective helps us move from that place of being stuck? So it's important that you have a relationship with God. You need to start your day um, with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't, mm-hmm. whenever you figure out that you haven't, take a moment and, and align yourself. That that is, a, that is a strategy because when I quiet myself and I listen to God, he'll show me mm-hmm. and say, the last six things you said were negative. Mm-hmm. The last four conversations you had, you got a little animated, you got a little... And um, uh, my husband and I have worked through and he'll say, babe, I'm not your enemy. When he said, that's like our keyword, that's our phrase. I'm not your enemy. That means I'm spiraling in my head and my thoughts. And so I have to take a moment and stop. So I suggest you take a moment, breathe and stop and challenge your motives. What am I doing this for? And um, when you realize what you're doing it for and when you celebrate yourself and celebrate someone else, and realize that they could they could they could open a store doing the same thing I'm doing right next door. They're not gonna do it like me. When you start to celebrate, you allow God to tell you, I made you unique. I made you different. I gave it to you. You're gonna say it differently. They don't have your experience, your testimony, your color, your blend. They don't have your flavor. And you have to understand that it's okay for me to sell it's okay for me to celebrate my flavor and not step on yours. Yes, there's room for both because of the uniqueness. Yes of what we're going to deliver. Um, and because I feel like at the root of that is is fear. Mm-hmm. There's a fear that there isn't going to be enough of something <laughs> or that something fictitious, but something is going to run out because this person has, has gotten something that mm-hmm. I wanted. But in actuality, if we are focused and remember that was for me is for me. And on their best day, they cannot take up what was meant for me. But I think that's a truth that you have to mature into. Would you say that? I would absolutely say that. And that is why I say align with God, because you can align with God at every level of maturity. You can start um, worshiping and having a, a life where you expect to hear from him and expect his guidance. And you're not always ready to hear what he has to say. So so that's your path. That's your journey. And um, you want to manifest greatness. And God knows that'll break you if I give that to you right now. And so you've got to have a practice where you understand that God said, I made, I created your path. Your steps are ordered by me. And if greatness is in you, I'd be a bad daddy to let you burn in passion to want to do something and not give you the opportunity. So then when you know that, if you love me and you're going to give me the opportunity, you've given me these gifts, I'm not up there yet, then Lord, what? What's my next step? And when you stop and you ask him and you trust the driver, you have now moved out of the pilot and you're letting him drive. And what I found on the other side of that is you waste time. 
Mm. burning in jealousy, envy, frustration, fear, because it's not your time. Where he's like, this was your training camp. This was the time where I really wanted you to hone this. This is where I wanted to give you this. And when I give it to you in a year and a half, it's going to be sustainable. It's going to be uh, bigger than if you just bust the door down and take it now. And when you trust God to drive and that his timing is perfect, then you settle in to your process mm-hmm. and you allow him to grow you step by step. I think it's an opportunity for us to reckon with that the process is more important than the destination because we've already been promised that we're going to be we're going to win. We've already been promised that even regardless of what happens in his hands he will turn it into your good and for his glory. So mm-hmm. if we know that that's the ending there's an opportunity for us to move away from losing time, as you said, around jealousy and begin to recognize what character traits do I need to cultivate Mm. in order to get ready for the very platform, gift, opportunity, position that I am focused on. I I still have some stuff I need to work Mm. on because if I got it now, I would squander it. So it sounds like there can be a wrestle that people go through. <laughs> can you kind of describe a, a wrestle that you have gone through and that you felt um, you needed to work out when you were in that place of emotional unrest? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've So I have baggage, which helped me get to I that place. We all do. We all do. So part of my baggage, um, I remember when I went to, you know, my encounters at Penn State, um, one of them, you know, I was working with a group and we're in science and biology and, you know, I had answers and somebody assumed that I was there on the black mm-hmm. scholarship. Mm-hmm. Listen, I am all for making a way where there is no way. Mm-hmm. I was there on academic scholarship and they treated me a certain way because they had an opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, I provided my answers. We did the research. We did the experiments and we submitted them and they didn't put my answers in. Well, we got it wrong and mine were right. The professor didn't know that because the group made a decision mm-hmm. and um, it scarred me and it scarred me and I allowed it to drive me. I allowed it to drive me not in a way. Well, I, I, I wanted to make sure that people knew I was smart. People knew that I belonged at the table and it became overbearing. Okay. And um, so that was my baggage. So I brought it. I brought it with me and didn't realize mm-hmm. that I'd brought it with me. And so there was a defensiveness that would show up whenever anyone challenged or even asked questions mm-hmm. about something that I might have felt very passionate about. And when I realized that I was uh, becoming aggressive or becoming um, combative or defensive, I had to check myself. And I didn't check myself through me. It was the Holy Spirit. And I say, Lord, show me me. When you ask that question, we say, it sounds good. That one right there. And he doesn't do it right then. And so you get up from prayer, hallelujah, thank you, we're good. But he drops it on you in the midst of your process. See, I don't get to tell him when to drop that realization on me. Mm -hmm. 
But when he showed me my ugly, Mm -hmm. it cut me so deep to realize I had behaved so badly Mm -hmm. that I was repentant. Mm -hmm. And I said, I never want to go back there. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Right. Right. And then he showed me where it came from. And I had to go back to that place and I had to speak to that place and say, you don't define me. I'm sorry you didn't take my answer. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that I was right. Right. And there are times when I was wrong. It doesn't change the fact that I'm smart. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the fact that I have something to bring to the table. I'm human. And I allowed myself the grace to be human and I allowed them the grace Mm -hmm. to be ignorant and and unlearned, uncultured at Mm -hmm. that time. And I let it go. Mm hmm. And I began to see things differently. It sounds like forgiveness. That not being in, I challenge that sometimes people will feel like they're being bold when actually they are acting out of a place of pain and woundedness. Mm. And until we are brave enough to recognize and go back to that place, Forgive. It's not saying that the person was right or that you are ignoring the fact that it was wrong. It's really just that I'm not going to continue to live from that moment forward and continue to put, go reach back there to try to, to pull that into this moment mm-hmm. and it somehow change that moment, release that moment so that you can have new moments. Absolutely. How would you say those who you have coached, who you have um, supported in leadership development, how does the impact of not really reconciling your own wounds and character flaws as a leader, how do those that how does that keep you from actually soaring? I, um, there's a part in the book that there's a chapter in the book that I love and, um, it's tethered. Mm -hmm. And, uh, if you rent a balloon person for a fair or something, you'll, you'll, you pay a price and they'll allow people to get in the balloon and go up and they'll keep it tied to the ground and they come back down. So people experience the balloon flight, but the path of the balloon, it is managed by that tether. Mm -hmm. And um, so people start to move laterally. So I'm coaching folks and I'm watching them and they're doing and they get frustrated because you've done everything on this level. Mm-hmm. And you realize that that tether has you bound. Mm-hmm. You realize that mm-hmm. there's something stopping you. And when when we can get through our conversations for it not to be external, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. for them to start to introspect mm-hmm. and start to see, oh, wait a minute. That's me. So they did it to me, but my response, my carry, created a tie, Mm -hmm. created a tether, created a bond, created a link. And so that's what we explore is where are you stuck Mm -hmm. and why are you stuck? And you'll find people flourishing on on one level. On one level. Lateral moves. And the powerful thing, we've talked about this before on the show, that an organization, a um, business can only, and you know this from J.R. Maxwell, your organization can only go as high as the lid of the leader. So if I'm tethered and I'm continuing to be lateral, I can't get confused or frustrated that my people aren't growing because I'm not growing. I'm not lifting. Mm. 
And therefore, that's the reason why they're not lifting. And we can't expect people to begin to do the internal work if we as leaders are not willing to do the internal work to soar, which will actually set other people free to do the same. That that weight Mm -hmm. was so huge for me. Mm -hmm. It was so ugly Mm -hmm. when I saw it. Mm that I wanted to go back and cut everybody free. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was when I started to live free, the Lord allowed the opportunities for them to then come back to, and me to encounter them, me to be able to encourage them. And I'm watching as mm-hmm. people are getting free. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID had us stuck in the house, looking at ourselves, living with ourselves, and maybe not liking ourselves, maybe not liking some things. If we did that right, we came out of COVID soaring. If not, we need to be cut free. Mm-hmm. But we've got all this stuff like, oh, I see all of this. And so many people are there. They're either there, they don't know that they're stuck, or now I know I'm stuck, but I don't know how to get free. Mm. How do they do it? Give give us some strategies. What because I can literally see people who are walking around carrying those weights mm-hmm. and they want to lift higher, but they can't. What, what are some things? So you have to look at the weight okay. and it's intentional on the balloon itself. When they're ready to go, they drop sandbags off of the balloon. It's intentional. It's an intentional act. You've got to be willing to untie the weight. And the, the big piece of it is, but it wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. It happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm this way because my dad was this way. I'm this way because my mom was this way. You've got to be willing to move past the fact that it's not your fault, that it started with someone else and own the fact that you picked it up. And that's the mental work. That's And people have to make the decision to no longer blame externally, even though they started it, but to realize I've been carrying it and I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And so when you realize what it is, you identify what it is, and then you've got to acknowledge, yep, this is this has been a hindrance mm-hmm. because people compartmentalize and they are awesome at it. They put it in a back room and they function from the front room. Yeah, I think you are stepping on some people's toes because people will put stuff in a closet and function as though they are healed until someone steps on something that was fragile or turn the knob mm-hmm. on that and some bones start falling out and, and we're, then we're scrambling to try and get them packed, packed back in. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, let's open this up, let's explore it and actually get healed from it so that when you are soaring, and, and this takes me back to what you started with, because it is generally the stuff that I'm tethered to that will keep me stuck and will make me angry when I see somebody else free. Yes. And and if we can move past those moments and really begin to recognize I don't have to continue to look at somebody else, that there, there are things that I, that are specifically for me, but if I don't get ready for them, I will squander them when they show up. Mm-hmm. Were, were there turning points for you in your own leadership journey where 
you you shared the one around recognizing your voice. Were there other turning points and things that you began to realize would help you soar in where you are going now? Absolutely. Um, I, I teach DISC. So mm-hmm. um, when I realized that my style and that intention versus impact was huge. Yes. And that kind of related to my baggage. Mm -hmm. It was just that this is how I am Mm -hmm. and kind of love me the way I am. And I Mm -hmm. felt like I was selling myself out if I altered my approach. Mm -hmm. I'm not changing by altering my approach. I'm respecting and valuing how you receive me because it's more important for you to get what I'm giving Mm -hmm. than for me to be right. Mm. And so I realized that I always had to be right. I always had to be right. And um, I would figure out how to be right. Mm-hmm. And that was growing up as, as a kid and as mm-hmm. a, you know, and, and it was a, a joke in the family. But I am okay with being wrong. Mm-hmm. And sometimes to help folks tell me mm-hmm. that I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I had to adjust my style so that I was more approachable. I used to feel like, well, man up and just tell me, just tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. But encoding and decoding communication, it's my responsibility. I meant this, but you took it this way. It is, it's not necessarily my fault that you took it the wrong way, but it's my responsibility to help you take it the way I meant it. Yeah. And finding the difference between that. I think sometimes that that people will misinterpret that as, well, I'm just being me. I'm just being authentic. (laughs) When actually, no, you're hurting people. Right. You're being misunderstood, not actually asking you not to be authentic, but recognize if I'm going to be clear, communicate well, Mm -hmm. and help others be enlightened and grow, I might have to uh, adapt change and be flexible with how I show up in spaces Mm -hmm. so that what I'm trying to deliver, we actually get to the end outcome, not just doing it my way, but the overall bigger picture of a healthy outcome for everybody. But sometimes that whole um, current culture of I need to be authentic. Authentically me, authentically (laughs) myself. Don't change for nobody. You know, and 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 that's that's a misnomer. You're not changing. Mm-hmm. You're adapting. You're flexible. You're mm-hmm. flexing. And we're a resilient people. Women are resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, we are able to adapt. Mm-hmm. And adapting doesn't mean changing. Mm-hmm. It means, like you said, the bigger picture is bigger. Yes, it's bigger than your. <laughs> It's bigger than me. It's bigger than me being right in this moment. And I love what Kendra just shared. Um, a listener, she said, "The power of a pivot." The power of the pivot. Absolutely, she's a basketball player. So, oh know, yeah, oh, she's oh, trying yeah. to get good points with her coach. But <laughs> absolutely, the power of the pivot. You still maintain control of the ball. Yes, but it puts you in a different direction. And mm-hmm. and so, just that misnomer of feeling like you're changing yourself for other people, it keeps a lot of people stuck Mm. right where they are because they don't understand the difference between flexing and adapting Mm. for the greater cause Mm -hmm. and selling yourself out. Mm 
Mm-hmm. What's your favorite chapter in the book? Is it tethered? I, or? I say tethered, but then stuck on right mm-hmm. is 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 another one, and. And like I said, I, when you begin to watch the energy leave a room. I was getting ready to ask you, what are the warning signs about stuck on right tether? Like, what are your warning signs? What can a person become more aware of when they're headed down a path that's going to leave them stuck or tethered? When you find yourself always explaining to somebody the conversation you had and how it was misunderstood, misinterpreted, and I'm just going to leave them alone. And, And when you find that you have lots of those conversations, there may be, there may be something that you're doing to bring about a similar response. And, and I, I don't know what the, the sitcom is, but they're like, I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> you know, everybody, just everybody around you is just now. And I say, I, I hock myself up. I'm like, oh, OK, Katina. So now everybody around you is dumb. Everybody around you just can't get it. No, no, no. Yeah. It's you. You're mm-hmm. speaking Greek right now. Mm-hmm. Pull it together. And I take a reset and I have these feelers out. Um, what's the body language of the folks that I'm, I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, where did the energy, everybody was creative. They had really good ideas. And in my excitement and in my ID self, that's disc speak, um, you know, I'm jumping out there with an idea and I've shut down the room. Mm-hmm. And so because I am no longer married to being right, I can see that I've shut down a room and I can reverse it and work hard to bring that energy back and make sure that they understand I'm dialed back. I, what you say is important. Mm-hmm. And if I disagree, there's a way that I need to disagree so that we walk away better mm-hmm. as opposed to me shutting you down. So, mm-hmm. so that just check the read the room, read the room. <laughs> and when you said that, I, it actually took me to a conversation I was having earlier uh, with a coachee and recognizing that in those moments, we also need to be willing to acknowledge what we saw. I just Mm. noticed something happened in the space and Mm -hmm. I want to speak to it. Or what I just said, I just watched you turn away. Did that impact you? Because I want to make sure you understood what I intended to say. But oftentimes people will watch a space shift, someone's facial expression change, a, a mood shift, won't speak to it and then leave the moment and write an entire script about what they assumed the person was thinking or feeling instead of actually elevating the moment by creating an opportunity for people to to recognize we can have tough conversations and survive Mm. and you actually see me so intentionally the nuances of my body language even matter oh absolutely and and that sometimes we hide behind the well I, I'm non-confrontational or I'm just zero to 60 so I just don't deal with it and I just had to walk away and that's not taking ownership um, mm-hmm. and that's a mature place that you arrive when you you realize the the, the sign is the opposite of a buy sign mm-hmm. you know they're not buying what you're saying in fact they're impacted negatively and I've reached out and I've touched I said oh my goodness I see your energy shifted you know, you were excited and now you're not. I saw your face. Nothing that I said should warrant that face. So mm-hmm. obviously I didn't say it well. And I've learned to say it. I wasn't clear. 
Mm-hmm. When I used to say, I said it clearly, I spelled it out, I wrote it in bullets, I typed it up. There's an email, there's a printout, there's an SOB. Yes. <laughs> that that whole I you should you should have understood. I said it the way it needed to be said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's putting the ownership on the other person to interpret what we meant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, why would I have? And when you start to ask a person why and, and have them weigh in on what you were thinking, mm-hmm. those are those are signals that something that you're doing, your impact is not matching your intent. Mm-hmm. So we had a question from one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Is there any place that you still feel stuck? Any place that I still feel stuck? Um. There's parts in the book that talks about snags. I wouldn't say stuck, stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, snags. Can you break that down? Oh, absolutely. The difference between being stuck and snags. So um, when you, I'm giving so much of this book away. Y'all buy this book. Yeah, they are. They're going to buy it. We're going to tell them exactly where to get it from. <laughs> but but um, so so like the things that dangle from the balloon, like you mm-hmm. cut yourself free, mm-hmm. but you're not fully healed mm-hmm. and it's tender mm-hmm. and it gets stuck on stuff. And um, that's what I mean by a snag. snag. It's like, oh, I'm over it. But the minute you say something else, if it brings back a feeling um, and, you know, everybody's into therapy now. And so everybody's talking about trigger. You trigger me. You trigger uh-huh. me. Well, that's an example of a snag. Stop letting people trigger you. Right. Because I've got such an important work to do. I can't walk around like a ticking time bomb time bomb, and and be somebody in my audience, in my class, and, you know, just trigger me. And now I've got to have, I've got to retreat. No, no, no. I need to be authentically me because I've got a message that needs to get out. And you need to understand that nobody gets to trigger you and cause you to be another self. Mm-hmm. And when you identify that, you're willing to shave down every snag, every snare, every snippet. And I want all of it. Mm. I want all of it. When I went back and I saw some of the things and there's some residue and I have a safe space that I, I say, hey, is this my snag or is this me protecting me? Is this a snag? And my husband has a couple of questions that he asks me and that group of friends that I throw it to, they'll say, hey, this feels like a snag. Yes. So there's a need for accountability as well. Creating a space with people who will hold you accountable without shame, but continue to recognize you are entitled to soar. So that snag, Mm -hmm. that's going to get in your way. Absolutely. It could get caught on something. Mm-hmm. And just when you were finally getting free, it's it it snags you back. But I found that people will get discouraged because they'll say, well, I thought I was over that. <sighs> and then it's almost like there's a discouragement when it recognizing that this is a process. You still are not mm-hmm. the person you used to be. So recognize, celebrate mm-hmm. where you are now, but continue to recognize this is a journey. It's not just about a destination. So there are things that you're going to have to continue to kind of prune as our Lord said, he's going to continue to prune things because as you get higher and higher and and that air gets thinner and thinner, (laughs) there's a lung capacity you're going to need in order to be in elevated places. So it's not that you didn't heal. Healing is a process. 
prosperous. And just because you, something still snagged you doesn't mean that you go back to a place of feeling ashamed. Mm-hmm. It's I am here at this point. You acknowledge it. Acknowledge that it served you as a survival strategy for a period in time, but it is no longer serving you now. Absolutely. So how am I going to be true to what that's about so that I can move forward? Mm-hmm. And and people say that people say it on two sides of their mouth. They say, you know, what I went through made me the person that I am. Mm-hmm. And and the training wheels made me the bike rider that I am, but I don't still wear the training wheels. And so we need to acknowledge, like you said, acknowledge what it did in my It was tragic and I overcame it. And that process taught me how to trust in the Lord God. I'm thankful that you brought me through it. And now I don't need the impact of that trauma in my life anymore. So you can tell it by. Mm-hmm. And you have to tell it about. And sometimes you have to do it daily. And you do that. I tell, what does God say about me? I am not my trauma. I'm not my divorce. I'm not my molestation. I am not the stuff that I went through. I am the head and not the tail. What does that mean? That means he puts me above and he allows me to soar. He has created me to soar. He's gifted me with incredible gifts, talents, anointings, and abilities. And he's got doors for me to go through. Mm-hmm. So I can't go through with the trauma of my eight-year-old self. Yes. And speak to that eight-year-old self and set her or him free. Absolutely. Cheryl asks, can your snags also show up as denial? Oh, absolutely. Because we build a whole self around those that have dealt with trauma, those that have dealt with, we build in our mind constructs mm-hmm. and they're not always sound or safe. And especially if we build them as a child, it's our new normal. It's our new truth. And so when we get faced with real truth, we're in denial because we've disassociated ourselves from the actual event and it has taken on a different meaning, a different form. So it is important that we Again, have that channel open for God to tap us gently and lovingly on our shoulder. Because some of what what God has for us, some of us are waiting on spouses, but the Lord said, you'll destroy them now Mm -hmm. if I let them in. Now, I want this to be healed. And you can't deny yourself to the all the way to the altar. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Mm -hmm. You have to admit this happened. And some of the stuff we did. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. So forgive yourself. yourself. The, give yourself the grace. Yes. Forgive yourself and say that was my look. That was my last week self. Mm-hmm. I'm different this week, mm-hmm. and I'm exaggerating. But even things that are recent, some people mm-hmm. feel like they haven't earned the forgiveness because it's recent. Look, this is not your credit score. This mm-hmm. is grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to move you to another person, to the the next version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So give yourself that grace. Something that I was talking with someone else earlier in the week about is recognizing that I think sometimes the assumption is I want the change. I see what somebody else has mm-hmm. and I want the change. I want, I just want to feel better. I want to do better. I want those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about the need for diligent daily work? Because I I got into a conversation 
where someone and I caution people to look at somebody else's life mm-hmm. and make an assumption that, mm-hmm. oh, well, you got everything is going great for you. And this takes daily work. It's the small, daily, consistent things. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about the the act or the importance of the daily work it takes to begin to soar? Think about the habit that you had. The thing that happened to you when you were eight. Mm-hmm. If you're 25, let's do the math. How many years have you lived with that? You want to go to the altar, get touched, and it's gone forever? No, your mind remembers that. Yeah. Even though God has forgiven you or healed you, um, there is a residue that you have to talk down. You have to be transformed and renew your mind because your mind is part of your soul. Your soul mm-hmm. remembers. It remembers mm-hmm. the smells. It remembers the feels. It remembers what you felt like mm-hmm. when it happened. And you have got to take the word of God, the truth mm-hmm. of God, and speak truth which is the opposite of the lie Mm -hmm. that has caused you to not soar. So it's diligent because it may pop up and you have to remember your authority over it Mm -hmm. and you have to wrestle it to the ground with truth. Mm -hmm. You have to wrestle it to the ground. Otherwise, you'll be stuck. And 45 minutes later, you've been dwelling on that thought and allowing it to ruminate, allowing it to. And then you put together a whole script, a whole script, a whole script, 45 minutes of ruminating and being upset over that hurt mm-hmm. mm. and putting it on other people. Oh my goodness. No, she did make she said, putting it on other people, making them responsible for your joy and your peace. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that hurt us are dead or long gone. Some of them are still here. I think that's why forgiveness is so important. It's not validating the fact that the, that what they did was okay, but it's recognizing that I can't stay tied to you. I can't stay tethered Tethered. (laughs) to you and complete the assignment that's in front of me. Absolutely. So would you say that you um, are in a place where it's your turn now? I would say I am. And it Mm -hmm. crept up on me because I realized I was spinning in circles Mm -hmm. and um, that there was work that I needed to do. So I busied myself doing the work and I didn't forget my dream or I didn't forget where I was going, but the work of forgiveness, the work of healing, I get so excited as I'm learning something. Now I'm teaching it Mm -hmm. as I'm learning something. Now I'm giving it. And as I'm doing that, as I'm getting free, it's been, it's been putting me in places where I'm seen Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to be seen. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. But I think that's an important point because sometimes if we go back to the beginning of our conversation, that what can distract people mm-hmm. is I'm trying, hustling, grinding, mm. pushing people out the way to get seen. <laughs> when actually what I just heard you say is I, if I focus more on the process, the healing, the internal growth, and my ability to then articulate it to others, the opportunity to be seen will happen naturally. I'm not going to have to fight to be seen. Absolutely. 
And and let let me be clear, that's not saying that I don't need to market or or do any of the work that's associated with business or or getting getting gigs or getting jobs. Mm-hmm. It is that I don't have to scratch and and grind. Because there's a dis- difference yes. between creating business and being busy. Yes, there is a difference. There's a busyness that can actually, that isn't productive. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more about a, you're running from or trying to outrun something that you actually aren't believing about yourself. Mm-hmm. But instead, when you get clear on who you are, mm-hmm. you then understand, similar to our conversation, I believe it was last week, that God said a man is worthy of his wages. So when you're clear on who you are, who God has said you are, mm-hmm. that he has given you a purpose and a plan and that if I do not help others understand that I can add value, that's just creating a marketing plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's creating business, which is different from being overly busy. Absolutely. And you know what people will do? will compensate. Um, I remember I was taking lessons with James Poyser mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> he wrote and he misspelled intentionally in my, in my book precision and he said you are killing this part of the song and this part of the song and this part you are not killing he said what you do is you go over and over what you already know but you avoid this like the plague and that is the daily work that is we will overcompensate if my potato salad is terrible I'm going to do up my chicken. I'm going to do all of this and never you touch my potato salad. Whatever the thing is that we struggle with, we compensate. I'll be the best this. I'll be that. Oh, I just need to be in the background because I don't really want to do the work that it takes to be in the front, even though that's where I'm called. Mm. Or I just walk away when it starts to get tough because the work are those hard conversations. Oh, I'm an introvert. That's nothing to do with hard conversations. I'm an introvert too, but constantly called to be, to talk to someone, to be honest. It doesn't, I think there's opportunities when we will avoid recognizing that I need to actually look at this and I'll say, yeah, but. But look how amazing my chicken is. uh (laughs) Right. Right. No, no, no. I need to I need to mature to that place where this is something that I need to work on. Mm. And when you give it to the Lord, mm-hmm. I say this is this is an ugly part. Mm-hmm. And I know you want excellence. Help me. Because sometimes you don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the steps are, but he knows mm-hmm. and he will guide you and he will bring you a friend that gets on your nerves that yeah. will point it out that you will still love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. somebody that'll stay yeah. and love you through it. And you can be accountable. (laughs) Hold you accountable. Absolutely. So I want to make sure people understand how to find the book. Um, Tell us the name of the book again and where they can find it. The book is It's Time to Soar. It says you'd be over it by now if you could just let go. Um, I love that. I I love that (laughs) subtitle. I love that subtitle. Listen, uh, when you and listen, I want to just warn you. I'll go back to where you can find it. I want to warn you that once you get over it, don't count the years or the months of your wilderness. 
<laughs> you can get stuck in, oh, I wish I would have known this 10 years ago. Get, How get much over. further? Yes, get over even that mm-hmm. and celebrate that you're free now. It is on Amazon. Um, and my website is www.katinachristmasrobertson.com. The link is on there. And that's Katina with the K A T I N A. Christmas just like the holiday. Robertson, R O B E R T S O N dot com. And there is a link to the book. And um, we are also having our first workshop on SOAR December 17th in Exton, Pennsylvania at the Conference Center. You will find a link on my website for that as well. And that's what we're going to unpack some of these um, these challenges and begin to what you'll leave with is strategy strategy and and you'll do some hard work mm-hmm. so if you're ready to do the hard work if you're ready uh, to be coached through how to soar how to identify how to address how to dismantle and disarm those things that are holding you back then this soar workshop is for you and that's december 17th and all that information is on my website I'm thinking about the person who is uh, in a place of exhaustion and fatigue Mm -hmm. and feeling unseen. Mm -hmm. And they're just saying, is this even worth it anymore? What do you say to them in encouraging them to still soar? People forget how amazing they are, and it's important that they know. And I want to tell you, if that's you and you're listening, I want to tell you that God, and it's so cliche, but God doesn't make junk. He's, he's running the whole world. He made you, and he made you spectacular, even if you haven't seen it yet. He created you fearfully and wonderfully, and then he put a plan together. He said, my plan for you is good, and it's not evil. Even though you may have gone through some tough times, That's my opportunity to carry you through. And I've got something amazing for you if you just trust me. That's what I hear him saying. If you trust me to lead you out of this, I will make, I will take you and make something beautiful out of your life. You are worth the wait. You are worth the process. You are worth the effort. And I just, if you don't mind, I want to pray that that the Lord would just send you the right person or that you see the person that he's already sent to help you soar, to help you see how beautiful you are, how awesome you are, how incredible you are, and, and begin to unearth and excavate the greatness that's already in you. You don't have to work so hard. And a lot of you have been doing flips. Some of you have done some flips in your relationships to make somebody love you. Listen, God's got somebody that already loves you and is willing to cover you, willing to be in covenant with you. Stop doing flips. Stop taking the abuse and realize that you are amazing already. Yep, he saw what you did. He heard what you said and you're still amazing. You're worth the process. Take a minute and start to cut yourself free because it's your time to soar. There you have it. Yes, indeed. I know, Winetta. I I felt that. Um, I felt you speaking specifically to that person in which it is time to make that flip. And 
you can live strong on the other side of what you've been through. Mm. So thank you, my sister, for an amazing conversation. This has absolutely been a joy. And we encourage you, listeners, stay with us. Same time, same place next week, right here on The Flip Side. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.